Amen. Great worship this morning. I want to thank you for being here and uh, choosing to worship with us today. Uh, Pastor Jeff is on vacation. He will be back here next weekend, so you can just be praying for him that he enjoys this time away. Uh, But we look forward to him coming back. He did ask me to mention a couple of things to you that you can see in your heartbeat right there in that center section. But during our quest for hope, our our church-wide project is providing some uh, little boxes, some uh, care boxes for the Fisher House. If you don't know what the Fisher House, it kind of explains it there. But uh, it's a, a home where families can stay while their loved one, a veteran, is in the VA hospital. And so we're trying to put these little kits together, about a thousand of them, uh, just for some personal items for them in case they don't have it while they're staying at the Fisher House. So uh, you can pick up one of the empty boxes as you leave here today on your right-hand side. Uh, There's some boxes stacked up. Now, there's also some boxes stacked up on the left-hand side. If you pick one of those up, you'll find that it's heavy because they've already been returned. Don't take one of those, okay? Take one from the right-hand side. You'll just see them over there. And we'd love for you in the next uh, week or two to bring those back. And it would just be an expression of our love to these families that are going through this time as their loved one, a veteran, is in the hospital. And then the other thing that Pastor Jeff asked me to remind you is our our trunk or treat that's just coming up in in another week or so. And uh, we need to have cars with trunks with candy. All right, and uh, what we recommend, I mean, you can do it yourself, but if you can partner with some friends or your connection group, our connection group is gathering candy because really you need about 2,000 pieces, and I haven't come across a $10 bag of 2,000 pieces of candy as yet. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a commitment, but I tell you what, what an awesome Uh, just uh, expression of our love for the community as we'll have over 2,000 kids uh, here with their parents on our campus on that Sunday night. Uh, So we look forward to that and would love for you to participate in it. You can sign up online or really at the back of the tear out in the heartbeat, you can give us your name and email address and we'll get in touch with you. But it is good to have you here this morning. We've been in a great season here at Indian Rocks. Through Pastor Jeff's leadership, he has put a pause on everything as we go through Financial Peace University as a church family. So we've kind of put a pause on everything except that. And so uh, my hope and prayer is that majority of you or all of you are going through that course right now. But he introduced this to us back in August with three great messages that he shared with us in preparation for the nine weeks of Dave Ramsey's course, Financial Peace University, that we're calling A Quest for Hope. Because we realize the truth of what uh, America is like today. 85% of the people in America in our church family are living paycheck to paycheck under stress and financial bondage. And so Pastor Jeff has just wanted to provide an opportunity for people to work through these principles to find freedom. 
And he began with some messages. His first message was just on uh, a quest for hope. And he looked at Matthew chapter 6, where it talked about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he talked about things that we treasure, things that we seek, and then things God promises to us. Then the following week, he uh, spoke out of Matthew again, and he was talking about uh, the question of ownership. And that parable of the talents where uh, the master gives uh, talents to three servants and he comes back and looks for an accounting of that, of what he's entrusted with uh, to them and looks for how they invested that money, that talent. Uh, And then, you know, as I was going through that, I was going through in my Bible and years ago I had... I had put something down in the, in the column of my Bible in that parable. And it's between verses 18 and 19. And I wrote this down today. Today. Because, see, we live between verses 18 and 19. That's where we live. The talents had already been given. And in verse 19, it says, Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. So we, today as believers, we live between verses 18 and 19. We've been entrusted with time, treasures, talents, and one day we will give an account of how we used what God gave us. And so that was always a reminder to me of where we live. We we live between verses 18 and 19. And then his third message right before we started the nine weeks of financial peace was the gift of contentment taken out of Philippians chapter 4. Just a great message to launch us into financial peace. So we began the first of nine weeks back in August. I think it was August 26th weekend. And right now we're in week eight. So we have one more week until we're done with Financial Peace University, and then two weeks from today, we're going to celebrate in our groups and celebrate in our worship services of what God has done or is doing is a better way to phrase that, Uh, because uh, what we've been given through Financial Peace University is just some real good practical steps. Uh, Dave Ramsey calls them baby steps to financial peace, financial freedom. And we realize that in a nine-week period, you're not going to find this freedom uh, or this peace yet. But what you've been given is hope. And you've been given some steps to follow, proven steps, that will bring financial freedom. And so... uh, that, that, that is why we have paused everything to be able to help our church family come from under the bondage of and the pressure of living paycheck to paycheck uh, and sometimes a sem- sense of hopelessness. Uh, but it's been very, very practical. Uh, and then last week's lesson by Ramsey and this week's lesson is really about uh, just financial strategies. He talked last week about retirement and college planning for those that may have children that are about ready to go to college. And then this week he's talking about real estate and mortgage. And so it's really kind of some practical things in our our classes 
right now on uh, investment strategies. And so what I want to do today was just piggyback on that and just give you a reminder of where we are because really what we've experienced here has been beyond our expectation. Just so you know, we've had over 350 more people in our small groups than we did prior to financial peace. And there's 1,400 over 1,400 adults going through Financial Peace University along with our students and children that have a special curriculum for them. And so we're just excited to see what is going to happen uh, in, in the months and years to come because we realize that not everybody's in the same place. Not every family's in the same place. And some of these steps, some people are further down the road than others and some people are just under such stress but they realize that if they follow these steps they can have freedom so it's it's been an exciting time now again I'm going to piggyback on this whole thing of financial investments but I am not a financial advisor I don't have any initials uh, you know after my name now I think I, I mean I know some great financial advisors we have many here at the church uh, but uh, and, I, and I think that it's good to have a financial advisor to help you make decisions with the money that God has entrusted to you as a steward, uh, not as an owner. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but uh, as I talk today, I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of that, believe me, but because I don't know it all. All I'm going to do is just talk to you today about perspective about perspective. And you're gonna hear me say that word over and over again. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go through a lot of different scriptures and not just land on one and just stay there. Although if I was to say, I'll share with you in a second what that key scripture is for the day. But does anybody remember some of us went through this book about uh, nine or ten years ago. It's called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. Anybody remember going through that? All three of you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it was okay, it's, a, it's a great little read. You can read it really, really quick. But uh, The Treasure Principle is based on one single one verse parable that Jesus shared as he was talking about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And really, when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about our relationship with him. Because if we've put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then we're experiencing that now. Not later, but now. And this is what he says in the treasure principle. This is a kind of a key verse today. Matthew thirteen forty four. And uh, describing the kingdom of heaven, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, and then he covered it up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. And what you see here in this one verse parable is a vivid picture of, uh, you know, doing away with the lesser things to find the greater things, uh, surrendering the lesser things for the greatest thing. And uh, the treasure principle is summed up in this, and it's all about perspective. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can't take it with you, 
but you can send it on ahead. And in this little book, there was six keys. I'm just going to go through them real quickly because two of those keys are going to be two of my points today. I only have two points to this message, so I'm going to introduce that to you right now. But uh, key number one is this. God owns everything. I'm his money manager. Number two, his, my heart always goes where I put God's money. Number three, heaven, not earth, is my home. Four, I should live not for the dot, but for the line. Number five, giving is the only antidote to materialism. And number six, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. Now, the reason I'm not covering them all is, first of all, Pastor Jeff has already done an incredible job with number one and number two. God owns everything. I'm his money manager. That was that second message about the talents where we live between verses 18 and 19. And then my heart always goes where I put God's money. Uh, Pastor Jeff did that as he kicked off this series, looking at where your treasure is. That's where your heart's going to be. And then the last two is about giving. And I'm not going to touch on those because, uh, you know, Pastor Jeff and our leadership has never wanted uh, a mixed message of Financial Peace University being about giving to the church. It's not at all about giving to the church. It's about helping you to find financial freedom so as Dave Ramsey says, you can live like no one else so that you can live and give like no one else. So it's not about this message today or what we've been going through. is isn't about giving to the church. But what I am going to focus on is number three and number four, which is all about perspective. It nails it on the head. Heaven, not earth is my home is going to be my first point. And my second point is going to be number four. I, live, I should live not for the dot, but for the line. So I just want to let you know where I'm going this morning. So number one. Uh, is that uh, I should, uh, that uh, uh, earth, not heaven, is my home. And I was trying to figure out a way to wrap our minds around this because that's just such a hard concept for us to grasp, that heaven, not earth, is my home. Because this is all we know, is earth. And this is where we live. This is where we are born. This is where we're going to die unless God comes home first and takes us home to heaven. And it's such a hard con- I wanted to give us just some type of a picture. And uh, I just came to mind, uh, Dan Pigsley is a high school pastor. He's sitting down here in the front row. And I know Dan fairly well uh, because he is my nephew, by the way. So I've known him all his life. And I can remember when he was in his early 20s considering uh, a job offer. And and he ended up being a contractor, working for a defense contractor uh, in uh, the country of Afghanistan uh, for 20 months. And he did this realizing that I'm going to go here in a dangerous place at that time. Uh, and defense contractors were paid really good money to go and live in some pretty stark conditions. Here, as a matter of fact, here is a picture of Dan outside of his house 
okay? As a matter of fact, uh, that tent that you see, uh, he lived in there with other defense contractors. So he didn't just have the big tent. He had a section of the tent. Uh, Here's a picture of his office. And uh, what I love is the picture of his office chair, which is a box, okay? And so for 20 months, he made the decision to live there for 20 months and send money home. Uh, And that was just, uh, that was was a pretty major decision for a young man. And you know what, Dan, making good money, could have really had a beautiful office. He could have bought a leather chair, a couch, a credenza, uh, his little room in that tent. He could have made it the best of any room. He could have gotten a a, a pit grouping of Corinthian leather and a 52-inch TV and surround sound. But Dan knew that that wasn't home. See, his his, uh, boss, the company that he worked for, provided everything he needed. All the meals were taken care of and uh, where he was living was taken care of, although it was a tent in Afghanistan. But he's not going to put money into something so temporary. He was sending his money home. Does that paint a picture for you? Because really, this life that we live on earth is really a tent in Afghanistan. We're here on assignment for a purpose, and we have a home that's in heaven. And that's, again, a hard perspective for us to understand Uh, But Paul tells us in Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And I believe that when Jesus was praying that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying for his followers and those who would come after his followers, which are us, I think that he had this on his mind, that this world is not our home, as he prayed this prayer. Listen to the prayer that he prayed to his father. Uh, But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, set them apart, make them holy. Uh, Of uh, your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. See, heaven, not earth, is our home. And this perspective is where the battle is won or lost, the way that we think about this world. Uh, It's all about perspective. And I believe that's why uh, uh, Paul in Romans tells us this. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. 
So how will you know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will when our minds are transformed, our new way of thinking, the proper perspective? And that word transform means a metamorphosis, a change that happens within. And our world is trying to capture our mind and our hearts from the outside in. And the Holy Spirit, God's power, is trying to capture our minds and hearts from the inside out. He wants us to have this transformed mind, not just thinking better, but thinking with a new mind, a new perspective of the truth. And uh, I had a friend that, uh, he's passed away now, but uh, years ago I knew him. He was my Sunday school teacher, Colin Tracy. And he would always say this phrase, and he said he saw it on a billboard in Miami one time, and it says this, uh, what the eye admires, the heart desires. What the eye admires, the heart desires. And I think that Paul, when he instructs us in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3, he says this, then you have been raised with Christ, If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Like I said, I'm going to share a lot of different scriptures with you because I want you to see that this perspective can be found throughout the New Testament. As a matter of fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, it says, We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are transit or temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. Question is, do you believe the illusion that this world is your home? If you believe that, Uh, that's where your mind's going to be fixed. That's where your treasures are going to be. That's where your heart is going to go. And we accumulate more and more stuff because we think that this world is our home. It's amazing to me to see these storage units that are full And we have another one right down the street that's brand new that's filling up because we amass all this stuff that we can't even keep in our own homes. I heard somebody say one time that uh, the greater the mass, the greater the gravity. The more that we have, the more that we're drawn to it because we have to manage all of this stuff. And and, and it it takes our mind, it takes our heart. So if the world is your home, you're going to dread the thought of ever leaving this world. Why? Because we've worked so hard to amass all that we have here. And uh, not to be a downer this morning, but each day that we live brings us closer to the inevitable. We can't cheat death. Okay? Uh, Now we, as Pastor Jeff says, we can have the answer to death, which is faith in Christ. But we can't cheat that time. That time will come. 
So each day brings you closer to losing your treasures if you consider this world your home. In this little book, there's a quote in The Treasure Principle, and it says this, Someone who spends his life moving away from his treasures has reason to despair. Someone who spends life moving towards his treasures has reason to rejoice. And again, it's just amazing to me in Scripture to see over and over again how we should have this proper perspective. In Hebrews chapter 11, we get this roll call of the faithful, all those Old Testament saints that were just faithful and lived in faith, and, and they're just on this roll. And then in the middle of it, I think the writer lets us see the secret of their success. And it says this in Hebrews eleven thirteen to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles uh, on the earth. For the people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out of, they could have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared them a city. And Jesus has prepared a place for us. That's what he told his disciples in, in John when they, when they were hearing that Jesus was going to be crucified. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also me, for in my Father's house are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. So we have a place prepared for us. And this perspective, it continues in Hebrews as you look at just a snapshot of Moses. Look what it says down in verses 24 to 26 of Hebrews 11. It says, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt or this world, for he was looking to the reward. He was looking to the reward, and there will be a time for us as believers, you know. Uh, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of their life, whether it's been good or good for nothing. It's not about sin, because our, our sins has been, have been forgiven. It's about what we've done with what we've been entrusted with, our time, our talents, our treasures. And we will give an account one day of what, you know, is good or good for nothing. And so there'll be treasures, and I think there'll be some regrets. There'll be some rewards and regrets. Uh, but uh, I think that's why John writes in 1 John 2, 15 to 17, he says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world, and the world is passing away, and also its lust or desires. But the one who does the will of God 
will abide forever. But I know this is our constant tension. You know, we live in a place and it's not really our home. And we shouldn't feel at home here. But this is where we live. Uh, and this is all we know. We only know this tent in Afghanistan. Uh, and I know it's a hard concept to grasp and I struggle with it. You know, I'm not immune to uh, this, this, this tension of being in the world but not of the world. Uh, because as soon as you leave here today, as soon as you walk out these doors, this world, it, it's, it's vying for your attention, your mind, and it's vying for your affection, your heart. And this world just wants you to put your roots down in it deep. And that's our constant struggle. Uh, you know, I, I think that God gave me a gift of perspective, which I try to recall and remember. But oftentimes, I'm in the same boat that you're in. It, it leaves my mind. But I can remember probably about 18 years ago going on my first mission trip uh, with Indian Rocks. And if you've never been on one of our short-term mission trips, I just uh, encourage you to come to one of our sent nights, learn a little bit more about our missions ministry here. But I can remember, you know, probably 18 years ago, uh, going to the Ukraine for two weeks. And that was really my first ever mission trip. I've been on other mission trips since then, but that was my first. And uh, I'd been out of the country as a child, uh, as a young adult visiting uh, an uncle that was uh, in the Dominican Republic. But this is like really the first time of international travel, you know, flying across the ocean and uh, landing in the Ukraine and getting picked up by my, uh, the driver of this, this van that was going to be my, our driver for the next two weeks that didn't speak any English at all. And I realized when we got to the first public restroom that the fascination and the allure of international travel left me, you know? Because as I walked into this public restroom, it was missing porcelain, okay? Uh, it, it looked like it was under construction because all there was was holes in the floor. And I kind of asked, is this, this, this it? And it was it. And I just looked and I said, this is going to be a long two weeks. It's going to be a long two weeks. And it was a long two weeks. And, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't home. And uh, even though the people were loving and gracious, we're accustomed to nice things here. And when we're put into a situation like this or in a tent in Afghanistan, you realize you're not in Kansas anymore, okay? But uh, I, I quote-unquote, endured for two weeks, not like Dan for 20 months, but two, two weeks. And, you know, and uh, the dish of the country was borscht. I still don't know what it was, but I do know that I don't like it. You know, and so I was looking forward to going home. But see, what kept me perspective was I'm just on mission and I'm going home. And when I got back home, honestly, God gave me a gift of that perspective. 
and just kind of let me know in my heart and mind. That's the way I want, to f- I want you to feel here on this earth. You're not home. This isn't home. You're on mission, and you're going home. And that's just the picture, the perspective that I, I just want you to understand today. And which brings me to the second point. Well, the first point again, heaven, not earth, is my home. And it brings me to the fourth, which is the second point, which was that number four. Uh, I should live not for the dot, but for the line. I should live not for the dot, but for the line. And what does that mean? Well, again, it's about perspective. Uh, Heaven, not earth, is our home, deals with a perspective of location. Living not for the dot, but for the line, deals with time. Uh, We were created for eternity. We were created in God's image to live forever, the line. Our dilemma is that we're focused on time. I realize I only have 15 minutes left, and so do you. Okay, I, you look at your watches, I look at my watch, and we're, 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 uh, we're creatures of time. And God created time for us. He's not bound by time. He's the everlasting for the, to the everlasting. He's eternal. And he created us as eternal beings. Uh, and measured against eternity, the line, our time on earth is just a blink of the eye. That quick. And that's, hard, that's a hard perspective to understand. Uh, okay, you saw on the heartbeat cover, the title of the message was, uh, in, or is, Investment Strategy. Uh, why that title? Well, last week, Dave Ramsey talked in lesson seven about long-term investments. And then he defined what a long-term investment was in a mutual fund. He said, you got to think five years and longer. That's long-term investment. You don't want to think about (laughs) last week. You want to look long-term. That's what a financial advisor will tell you. Look at long-term, five years or longer. Okay, the perspective that I want to talk to you about in our financial strategy is a little longer than five years. I'm talking about millions of years. I'm talking about eternity, not five years or longer, eternity. And that's why I think Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 to 20, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then Paul says something again very similar in 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. And he says, as for the rich... And don't let that just say, okay, well, he's not talking to me. Yes, he is. In this great country that we live in, everyone in this room is rich. Maybe not in comparison to someone down the street, but someone across our borders. We are rich and we are blessed. So as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything uh, 
to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I want to just kind of end today. Uh, two quotes I want to share with you. One from Matthew Henry, a great theologian of the past, and he said this, it ought to be the business of every day to prepare for our final day. And then the great missionary Jim Elliott said this, he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I just want to leave you with just one last picture uh, you know, from the, that first point, you know, heaven, not earth is our home. That picture of a tent in Afghanistan. Well, not living for the, lo- the dot and living for the line. I just want to give you just a, an illustration that I saw not too long ago. And it's with a rope. You're going to see this rope up here. And uh, this rope, I want it to represent for us eternity. Now, where I'm standing, this rope going that way to your right, my left, that's eternity past. I can't get my mind around eternity past. But Scripture says over and over again in the Old Testament, especially, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. And I don't understand, I can't get my arms around, my mind around never having a beginning, eternity past. So that will be another message for another time that Pastor Jeff can talk about, okay? I can understand a little bit about eternity future. We were created for eternity. And this line, just imagine, goes on for millions and millions and billions of years, forever. That's, I mean, I can, I can wrap my mind around it, but it still puts me in awe. But we were created to live forever. This little red thing right here, perspective, look at it. It can, it's going to be a picture of one of two things. First of all, this earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And one day, he's going to bring it to an end. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then he's going to create for us a new heaven and a new earth that we are going to be able to enjoy forever if we're if we have a relationship with him, if we're one of his children. But let's let this little red line in all of eternity represent you, represent me as an individual. However many years that is, you were born, and again, not to be a downer today, but one day you're going to die. And it's an amazing thing to me that so often what we see happen in our world today is that people work and work and work hard 
to enjoy this little bit right here. If I can just accumulate enough money, get a good education, get a good job, have a great... We need to be responsible for our money. So don't let... You're not hearing me talk against what Dave Ramsey or a financial advisor will say, but so many of us got to make sure that you know, this fund and this 401k and this money and all these investments are just right so that I can enjoy my golden years, so I can enjoy this little bit. But you were created for all of this. Millions of years. And so often, all we want to do is focus on this right here. And we live for the dot, not for the line. And we were created for eternity. And I, I like that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's not going to be on the screen, but just kind of I thought about this at the, before I gave them my notes. But it just says in that whole passage, verses 10 to 13, is that, you know, no, no foundation is laid other than the foundation of Jesus Christ. So all of us, I pray today, have that foundation. And then it goes on to say, and we need to be wise on how we build upon that foundation. And we build upon that foundation gold, silver, and precious stones, and wood, hay, and stubble. And see, one of these days, I don't know exactly when it's going to be. It's going to be after the red dot and the white. There's going to be a time where, again, we live between verses 18 and 19, but verse 19 is coming, and our works, the gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble, will be tried by fire. And all the wood, hay, and stubble will be burned away and the only thing left will be what we're rewarded upon. The gold, silver, precious stones, those things that matter for the kingdom that we're doing today. And it's sad to say that most people live for wood, hay, and stubble. And we should be living for gold, silver, and precious stone, not for the dot, but for the line. And that's, that's perspective. Uh, if you think of investment strategies, don't forget about not just five years or longer, but millions of years. Because that's what we're created for. We were created eternal beings. And that's what I believe we need to focus on. And so, as I close, I've given you two points, two illustrations. But since I have five minutes and everybody's looking at their clock, let me just, since I have this rope in hand, let me, because sometimes an illustration only goes so far to talk about reality. But what I have over here is uh, another rope. Has nothing to do with the points that I shared before. We're on a new track right now, okay? Uh, but this rope here is a black rope, okay? And, uh, you know, right here, when God created the heavens and the earth, right at the beginning, 
Adam and Eve messed things up for us. Sin entered into the world and caused that separation, that gap between God and ourselves. And I believe two things happened at that time. Can't give you proof text, but I just personally believe that once that happened, there was a hole in our soul. And mankind's been trying to fill that hole with stuff, things, relationships. And we know as believers that there's only one thing that can fill that hole in our soul, and that's Jesus Christ. And I believe the other thing that happened was that God began to pursue us and to bring us back to himself. Because once centered into the world, we don't talk about it much, but uh, our default destination, our default eternal destination is hell. We were created to have a relationship, an eternal relationship with God. But sin caused us to have another destination as our default destination. And so sometime during your lifetime, you have to decide to uh, make a choice to determine your eternal destination. God provide a way for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so you have, you will, we were created for eternity and you will live forever, either with God or apart from God. And I just didn't want that to be another message for another time because it's a message for every time that we meet together as a family at Indian Rocks because Pastor Jeff will be up here and he will say, if there's someone here today that does not know Christ as your Savior, if you haven't determined your eternal destiny, you always have that opportunity to come and speak with a pastor and to, and to, to, to decide to seal your eternal home. You know, what line are you going to spend eternity in? Uh, that's the decision we give you every week to make. And that's why it was so great last Sunday night to celebrate with 40-some people who made a decision and wanted to let the world know that they had put their trust in Christ and their eternal future was secure. You have that opportunity this morning. And uh, I just want to close this in a word of prayer that I'm going to ask Dan to come up and share what he needs to. But I would just like to pray for us uh, right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for the opportunity to just share the truth of your word, Lord. And I know it's about perspective today, that this world is not our home. You've prepared a home for us, and we're here on temporary assignment. And Lord, we just thank you that we can send our treasures on ahead of us. And Lord, to help us also realize that we were created for eternity, an eternity with you, but sin has caused a separation. And we just thank you, God, that you took care of our sin problem, that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us 
So we thank you that you love this so much. And if there's one here this morning that needs to just establish that relationship with you, they could pray a prayer something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for making me and loving me. Even when I've ignored you and gone my own way, I realize I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please help me to understand it more. The best way I know how, I want to follow you from now on. Please make me a new person inside. Thank you for saving me. With no one looking around, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, will you just raise your hand? I'd just love to be able to know that you did. Thank you. Others? Anyone else? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these that have at least acknowledged that they prayed that prayer this morning and maybe others that did but didn't acknowledge it. Lord, I just pray that you, that they just sense your presence in their life, Lord. But I just thank you that my relationship to you isn't based upon feelings, but the truth of your word that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and their eternal destiny is secure. We thank you for that today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.